I'm taking a titty pic for my husband. <laughs> really putting those together. Excited to see you later. You know, uh, while we're getting ready oh, for this so show. It's so good. Oh. Yeah. What's your infatuation with tits today? Oh, I just have acne on my chest. Not your own. I'm uh, saying you've okay. commented on two different breasts, bosoms. No, I haven't. My own and that lady's are cr- at oh, the restaurant, and then right. you showed me another you're example. Right, I have talked about three sets of tits, one of which being my own. Um, I'm gonna have to send that to Joe later. I'm also <laughs> texting with my dad right now, and I don't want to get those lines crossed. <laughs> she had like five series of events about her appearance right before we started rolling. She goes. <laughs> I'm wearing the kind of thing that you would make fun of. And I said, me? That I make fun of? And she goes, no, that I make fun of. And then two <laughs> seconds later, like a completely different person. Wow, I'm so hot. I am. So like those two can be the same, like no matter what you're wearing. Oh, look at me though. I'm wearing leggings, fucking workout shoes, and a mini dress that I'm going to take off the second we're done rolling because you can't see my bottom half, but it's whack. Well, we're filming two in a day because Lizzie flew out to Colorado to film podcasts, which you're rallying strong. Honestly, I commend you. Oh, I'm dying. I don't know how you can do two a days in that airport. Oh, uh, it's because I like really want to go home. <laughs> like it's it's weird it's like a weird thing like I always love coming here and every time I'm here I'm like god I want to stay longer but then like in the back of my head it's like I miss my fucking dogs and I do miss Joe I get that I mean well not (laughs) I'm not missing Joe specifically like I like Joe but I'm not like you know he's not not my significant other but the puppy thing like I even go to my parents house for an hour I'm like I gotta get home to Riley because it's just like this bond where she does so many cute things and it's like I don't want to miss any of it and I just want to be with her at all times it's just like whenever I'm not home I come home and it's like there's more destruction done to the cabinet in the kitchen where the puppy's been gnawing on it because I know they leave him in the kitchen with the gate locked Mm -hmm. or he's been eating the window in the front of the house so the window (laughs) is just slowly eroding and yesterday Joe had the audacity to like walk by the window that's like been the same amount of eaten since I've gotten home because I'm the only one who has like the dog on the couch with me all the time Mm -hmm. and Joe goes wow that's gotten so much bigger today and it's like today you mean while I was out of town (laughs) (laughs) interesting choice of words they can't be trusted alone with animals low-key they cannot significant others in general no I can trust them they're just I could trust them. Oh, I know. I'm just saying for both of us, like yeah. even I left today and it goes both ways. Like I can be equally as forgetful, but I, we were running out to lunch and I said, oh, we've been doing Riley's training sessions at lunch. So instead of mm. lunch, he gets his food with she. his training. She, yeah. That chewing a bone over there is pretty loud. Oh, you can hear that? Well, I can hear it too. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Shane, can you feed Riley for lunch? And he's like, oh, yeah, feed and let out. And I got home and I was like, did you feed and let out Riley? And he like rolled his eyes at me and he's I'm like, what? I'm not allowed to ask. And he goes, no, because that signifies that you don't trust that I did do it. And I go, well, did she shit? And he's the same thing happened. And I was like, well, I just want to know for my own sake so that I'm not taking her out aimlessly yeah. and being like, oh, she's not pooping. And I know she needs to poop because if she's pooped, then I'm not going to sit out there praying that she'll poop. How'd she poop? She pooped. Good for her. Also, I was just so distracted while you were telling that story because this shirt is doing fucking everything for your eyes. Really? Yeah. It's a shirt I've never worn before. It's in the same cut that I always get shirts. We know. But there's two different <laughs> brands. There's two different like brands within the same brand. Like there's two different. Makes. Oh, it's a good material. Well, it's this thicker. is the one I don't like because it's a really deep V, and so I never actually wear the shirt. But I really, really have to go shopping for the podcast. You got to get this color in everything. 
Well, thank you, because I was actually going to bring up that I need, like, I am in dire need of shopping for this podcast specifically, Mm -hmm. because I did even see the last time we recorded, I was straight from the gym and then a bunch happened. And so I didn't change. And somebody said, you need to retire that shirt. And I'm like, I know it's been with me for four years and I wear it every day, even though I have three. three And last week you wore a shirt from Clever Era, which was at least like eight years ago, right? Yeah. And even just now, I went to the closet and I'm like, I got to change so that I'm not wearing the same thing. But I have nothing. You only have the same thing. Also, if I hadn't changed, I would have totally forgotten that my ID is in my titty. (laughs) (laughs) So thank God. Oh, back to DIA. That place fucking sucks. DIA is what you're calling it. Denver International International (laughs) Airport. Right. Sound it out, baby girl. Denver. Oh, that's what you wrote on the thing. is the world's <laughs> worst airport not me in the car being like what's dia <laughs> well because i was a just like at all with the way that you can hit two airport airplanes in, in one day i'm in awe yeah what did i say at all uh, <laughs> is that okay with you i'm just testing the waters i don't know you like to be corrected so i'm just whoa now we're getting passive aggressive is that what that's called while you're beefing do you want to continue beefing or do you want me to talk about my qualms with dia okay let's hear about dia first for those of you in the comment section you're like she never lets him finish his story this is miserable yeah i am miserable (laughs) do you want to talk about that hole in your heart no oh oh i mean i i mean because we need something deep well this is so funny because now two weeks in a row you want to talk about what i want to talk about in my vlog (laughs) Well, save so, something yeah. for the podcast, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, yeah, let's plug this one. Make something sacred. Um, no, I'm happy to talk about Is the whole Is this a heart. repeat again? A three-peat? A repeat. A repeat of what? Your vlog. What? Oh. Whatever you're going to say. Oh. Make it original. Wait, first. Oh, I get what you're saying. First, tell me about what you hate about DIA, besides Daya? the obvious. What, what's your DIA beef? Okay. What I love about LAX. We'll start with that. Nobody loves anything about LAX. You mean Burbank? I would. I mean... Yes, a small airport, Burbank is preferable. I would do anything to fly out of Burbank if possible. But if you're going to a bigger airport, I think Los Angeles, LAX, Mm -hmm. is wonderfully set up because you get dropped off at your specific terminal and there's a security for every terminal, like every different Mm -hmm. airline. Whereas at DIA, everyone going everywhere is in the same line. And and then then you have to get packed full of sardines into a trolley. Which I'm positive every time I've gotten COVID has been in that trolley. And I was just going to tell you, if I ever was going to get COVID, it was going to be my last experience being packed into that trolley mm-hmm. like a fucking animal. Because we <laughs> recently traveled to Wyoming and we're on our way back. We're trying to get home and we've landed and I'm just trying to get out of that fucking airport. Yeah. And we get down to the trolley, but there's a million people waiting for it, but everyone's running in. And I'm like, I'm not missing this because the next one's not for another five minutes and I can't be away from my house for longer than this and everyone <laughs> i swear to you just everyone's like no we can fit more we can no, fit more it's we can psychotic fit more. how they push into it's like what the fuck? and we're all holding on to each other yeah, breathing in and i was things. like if i was ever gonna get a disease it was going to be in this yeah. confined space where there's 700 people where the limit should be 100 oh yeah and it's unavoidable and it's a nightmare and i just thought even on the way out on the way back in, I just thought, I never want to travel again out of this airport because it's such a freaking nightmare. I mean, I lost my luggage there. Like, you don't have to tell me twice that DIA sucks. Daya. Daya. 
Okay, now that I'm done with that. Because, yeah, flying out of Burbank, flying out of the small airport in Wyoming. Yeah. Oh. Well, Burbank's just so chill. I just literally, I walk there from where I park my car. We I know. walk back to my car. I'm so pissed. I bought a scooter and I completely forgot about it. You haven't ridden it? Yeah. You should be going to the grocery store. You should go everywhere in that scooter. It's not motor scooter. Oh. Do you still have those motor scooters? Yes. I need to replace the wheel. I moved it to this house. Um, and actually today on my walk, my dog walk, I'm walking three dogs now, yeah. which Riley's still getting used to the antics of the leash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's antics or something weird. Uh, it's the right word. <laughs> it's my, maybe, maybe it's not. It's, not a, it's so, not a horribly wrong word. This smart lady, might I add, I couldn't do it with three dogs, but she's on her electric scooter while her dog's running so that she can like exhaust them exhaust them get it out faster so she can get back to work or the rest of her day but it was real annoying for me because i have three dogs that are all worried about the dog and the scooter and Mm -hmm. they're all so it disrupted my walk it put like a one and a half minute pause on my already 30 minute walk and by the end of my walk i've been getting a little cranky oh weird you cranky (laughs) my dog i took my dogs for a walk the other morning usually we've been walking them at nighttime because it's so fucking hot Uh, i've got dog shamed i know yeah well you yeah so you get it we go at nighttime (laughs) after the sun has set so that this asphalt's not hella hot no yes and yeah i know you're Um, not i googled the temperature i I wasn't dog shaming you you. didn't no but one of my neighbors did oh right. you don't remember what i I mean i do i do and you were mad at me because i wasn't 100 percent on your side Yes, I was walking on a dirt road. They were fine. There's natural grass everywhere. My dad's also abusing his golden retriever by walking him in the daytime on hot asphalt. I just think, like, keep it to yourself. It wasn't 100 degrees outside. Don't comment on how I'm caring. I felt like I was being mom shamed. Um, But I did Google the temperature that it's... Because asphalt is, like... Hot as fuck. It, like, doubles the The rule is if you can't keep your hand on it, they can't keep their palm. And I Googled the specific temperature that's agreed upon by most vets. And it's 87 degrees, over 87 you should not be walking your dogs fun fact so i've been and i mean don't quote me on it but from my extensive research on google that is what i found Mm -hmm. i personally don't like to walk hotter than that anyways because it's not a fun experience for anyone Mm -hmm. it wasn't higher than that when i got dog shamed just saying it was close but it wasn't higher than that and i really couldn't let it go obviously it's been how long has it been like two months a long time it's been two months we've even talked about it on the podcast like every time we've met something (laughs) happened to you except for last week maybe but then you talked about how fat honey is and you got fat shamed okay i'll stop we'll see my life isn't very interesting right now okay okay i don't have much going on anyways my dog stopped on can i tell you something yeah anyways (laughs) is not the actual word somebody anyway yeah somebody in our comment section corrected the two of us saying that they would prefer that it's anyway so why are you disregarding that correction because i don't care and so maybe i don't care about some of yours and that's fine but i'm also pointing that out like you just you gotta embrace it you gotta embrace who you are honey okay what were you talking about before i so rudely interrupted you oh i was just gonna say we saw a guy on a scooter the other day on our walk okay but the dogs were just like (gasps) stunned they just they were like like if jelly had been there she would have like chased that motherfucker down and been like what the fuck are you you know what i mean she'd be like tell me who you working for like whatever it was that's always jelly's vibe to protect Mm -hmm. um but the the two boys just stopped and they're like what is that watched it go all the way down the street back to his house i was like guys we gotta go and that's what i mean it really put like a (laughs) two to five minute stop in my walk well i've also started letting them do whatever the fuck they want on the walk like sniffing whatever which isn't great for like leash etiquette but i'm like is leash etiquette for them or me 
And it feels like it's for me. Honestly, yeah. It does feel selfish to the yeah. human. And so it's like, uh, this. They, what do they fucking live for? This walk. Like, let them have this walk, man. And I try to do a happy mixture where yeah. it's like, okay, we're going to really smell everything right now. Yeah. And then we're going to do 10 minutes of just walking. Yeah. Because I also read that the smelling is what knocks them out like it makes them sleepy oh because it makes their well both of them it makes their brains think they're thinking about the smell that mm-hmm. they're smelling but if it's just a walk it's gonna take me twice as long to exhaust these fuckers you're <laughs> just like smell everything yeah or twice as far but i'm just like yeah get your sniffs in but then the other thing is like the baby doesn't have his flu shot yet so i'm like don't sniff the pee pee flu yeah i'm getting them flu shots because i'm taking the baby to training i didn't know is that like the border the the one that no that's that one this is a flu shot okay (laughs) the vet told me i had every shot i could have for my dog so i hope that she's right i mean it probably is it's specifically like we didn't do it last year and i'm starting to think when jelly was very sick at the beginning of the year that was the flu oh because we joe kept saying like it's like she's really really sick like Mm -hmm. she just has some like a like a sickness instead of it being about her cancer or pancreatitis or an ulcer or anything and he's like right because the it's i don't want to get into it it's gross okay turns into vomit talk i think we were going to talk about the deep hole in your um being oh i mean that came before (laughs) the trauma (laughs) i was born with a hole in my heart okay so elaborate oh my god we were going to talk about everything i said at lunch yeah i think it's good to (laughs) get deep (laughs) okay what do you like what do you want me to extrapolate so basically i was talking about as i do in my vlog this week You can't take this from me. I've pre-planned it. Okay. As long as you sell me a story right now, then we're fine. Basically, I was just talking about how there's like, um, you know, last week's vlog is all about gratitude. And I noticed that a lot of the comments in my comment section are about people's gratitude for their, you know, sobriety, however long it may be. Mm-hmm. And I, you, we were just talking about like what sobriety is for me because it's not just not drinking and using. It's also working on filling the hole in my heart. And I call it a hole in my heart because it's like I was born with a deficit mm-hmm. or like a deficiency. And it's the, and that's what I think of like. And it's not depression. It's. I think some people could, could diagnose it, it as depression. I think some people could diagnose it as anxiety and ADHD. Would you say what's the overlining feeling though? Is it that you'll never be satisfied prior to it's that treating I'm undeser- it? Prior to treating it's I am undeserving of love and life. Wow. And I think that that is indicative of my alcoholism, but it's not just alcohol. That's my problem because it's also like I told you at lunch, like I just have a big problem. Everything I do, I want to do it big. Right. And I will do it big because it's like once I step one foot out of my mental sobriety and I pick up something that I quote unquote use, be it a credit card, be it alcohol, be it Mm -hmm. marijuana, be it pills, whatever the fuck, that one pickup is the last choice I can make consciously. Because you were saying as you got older, you realized that you can fill or mask some of the hole with substances. I have a really stupid analogy. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Have you ever noticed on Instagram reels or TikTok when they have those videos of like a jalapeno that's got a bite taken out of it and then they fill like the jalapeno with top of ramen noodles and then they file down the top of ramen noodles and then they put glue in the top of ramen noodles. Oh, first they put glue, then they file down the noodles and then they paint it to make it look like the jalapeno never had a bite taken out of it. But you know, it's filled with ramen noodles, so it's not actually whole. I wish I could relate. 
But I just described it in great detail. Okay. Can you not? <laughs> can you make? Can you just? I blacked out at the fact that I had I never seen the you visual. Would, you son of a bitch! I was like, I'm so upset that I've never seen this visual. But I'm kind of with you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Anyways, for those of you who did listen at home, that's kind of what it is. Like I can, I with alcohol, with weed, with drugs, with money, with whatever the fuck, with negative behavior, negative attention. I can patch the hole, but it still exists. So once uh, at like the only good thing about removing those substances is now I have a proper wound to treat instead of one that's going to get infected. You're forced to face what the wound is initially. And you can actually heal it. And what were, I mean, you don't have to elaborate if you don't want, but what were some of your findings? Like what were some of your revelations when you were getting sober that you needed to work upon? I think the biggest revelation, the biggest revelation, Uh, this was also funny at lunch. I kept saying (laughs) we were talking about how we argue with people. And Lizzie said, I've come to a conclusion that if I can't, uh, if I pause, think about it and then can't explain what my problem is in two words then it it's not worth it and i need to let it go yeah and <laughs> so i said what was my question to you, you said like what's like what can you express with two words and i said important things well <laughs> And you but said, kept, but what is that? And I, I, he's like, but what with two words can you do that? And I was like, well, I just did it with two words. Important things. And I said, well, there's not one fight in my life that I could take a pause from and say two words that would like uh, paint the picture of while I'm still mad, except like I'm frustrated. But then that still doesn't do it. But then I asked her a like very specific question and she kept repeating my question in her answer as if it was an interview. Like I'm like... What specifically hurt you the most? And she's like, the thing that specifically hurt me the most was... I'm a well-trained girl. My mom's an English teacher. I'm ready to answer essay questions. I didn't know that. I mean, kind of. What does kind of an English teacher mean? I mean, I like, honestly, mom, no offense, I don't really know. <laughs> My mom's a special lady. <laughs> Anyways, one of the things I actually learned... Was that um, the uh, you know how like it's so easy for me to hate things mm-hmm. <laughs> and people uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes it seems absurd how much I hate that person or thing or obsess about it yeah that mm-hmm. so that is because I don't uh, like my foundation is I don't deserve to be loved so I get really and I guess the most appropriate word is jealous mm-hmm. and then punitive to people who act as if they're worthy of love. Right. And to me, the simple act of the confidence to exist and express oneself freely is indicative of someone <laughs> believing they're worthy of love. And I'm just like, fuck that and fuck you because you don't. And that's shit. And so what has helped you overcome that phase? It, this is the one that I have to work on the most regularly is because it's so that's the ingrained. It's so ingrained because it's something I was it was a it was a born with feeling. Mm-hmm. So to get rid of that, it takes like constant um, belief in uh, the fact that I am lovable right? and the fact that love isn't something that, you know, people are or are not worthy of. It just is. Yeah. Like people are just loved. Mm-hmm. People are just love. So embracing that and understanding that and accepting that helps a lot. But I really need the constant reminder, which is like why I go to places as regularly as I can 
where their motto is we will love you until you love yourself. Oh, that is one of the mottos. I mean, that's, I don't think it's a slogan written on a fucking card hanging in a church uh, somewhere. But it's but a point that's hit frequently. It's something that's said a lot. Okay. And you don't understand it or you roll your eyes at it at first. Mm-hmm. And then like if you keep coming back, eventually the the truth of that statement settles into that hole in my heart. And it's like, oh, maybe I don't hate little Zan. Maybe I just hate myself. <laughs> So let's relate this to Julia Fox. That's different. (laughs) She's not deserving of love. Whoa! (laughs) You can't be a realized person. I'm kidding. I know. And that's why we love you. (laughs) That was a joke. I don't hate Julia Fox. Oh, I know. You just just find her enraging. I hate what she's doing. I don't even know that I hate what she's doing. Like, I hate little Zan, but like I don't. <laughs> I don't even know which one that is. It's Diego. It's one of Tana Mojo's exes. Oh, he's the one that's got the tattoos all over his face. Again, I realize that's a non-unique trait, <laughs> but um, yeah, not a big fan of little Zan. Wow. But I guess he's deserving of love too, because <laughs> we all are. Because no one deserves it. We just are and a half. You know. Seems like you're treated. <laughs> I'm cured. Someone said that. The other, I said that the other day. This guy was like, I haven't seen you around. It's like, oh, I figured it out. <laughs> He's like, like, that's the most toxic thing I could say in one of these rooms, by the way. Like, I was totally joking. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm cured. <laughs> Forever cured. I just took 12 steps. And now I'm good. Wow. And I, I don't know if we've already talked about this, but do you not have urges just to... Because, like, me even... After a long day, even if it wasn't stressful, like sometimes I just crave a glass of wine, even like the smell of it, the aroma. It's like a coffee to me. I miss the ritual Mm -hmm. and inclusion with groups, but that's why I do shots of energy drinks. Right. (laughs) To be part of the ritual. Sorry, I'm laughing. I know. No, that's like, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I I honestly, like, I really miss the ritual and the, and the community. Mm -hmm. But then I see my community when they're not doing shots of Red Bull, but shots of hard alcohol. And I'm like, I don't miss that. No. I don't miss that at all. Yeah. Um, I don't miss the anxiety and depression that's guaranteed to come after, sometimes even during. Mm-hmm. I don't miss that at all. Yeah. I definitely miss Molly all the time. I wish I was a normal person. I've never done that. Gosh, I really wish I was a normal person and could do Molly <laughs> every day. Because normal people do drugs every, every day. day. And I <laughs> and sometimes, like, I miss, like, do you remember when you were, like, in high school and you first start smoking weed and you just do it, like, once every year, maybe? Like, I miss the thrill of that one time you get high, but it's mm-hmm. like, I can't just get high one time. And it's annoying because everyone's like, marijuana is not addictive. It's like, girl, I'm addicted. I know so many people addicted to marijuana. But it's like, I'm addicted to fucking everything. I'm addicted to glue even though it fucks my body up riley riley is not a cheap toy <laughs> she's eating the tripod <laughs> baby riley finn now she stopped because she knows she's in trouble she knows oh my sweet little gorgeous princess your little foothead baby okay so do you want to talk about while you're heavily grounded 
mm-hmm. I think you should touch upon your recognition. Your recognition. Oh, well, let's leave that ground. Are you just trying to avoid the beef I have with you for the fucking bullshit? Oh, whichever you put me story through? you want to start first. I just want to really quickly, while I'm sitting here super vulnerable and grounded <laughs> with you, let you know that I have a resentment against you. I should have never told you this. You really shouldn't have. I, it was an insane thing for you to do. And it's like the way you looked at me when you said it <laughs> was like you wanted a fight. You know what I mean? But it was weird because you did it off camera. So it felt really personal. Like you didn't bring it here to like start some shit. For no, views. it was like truthful. you did it in our real. Oh, mm-hmm. well, no. I'm it just... was truthful. <laughs> we get Dr. Phil on the line. I swear to God. I'm like looking at. What was I looking at? Oh, I needed to tell you what the Uber cost to get. But I was looking at, and I can't, I still haven't looked at the Uber. I was looking at Crumble Cookies. And this week, they seem to be like cake themed or like whatever. It doesn't matter. I would like to try them this week. <laughs> he goes, oh, I had them. But I left them at my mom's house because I didn't want you to have any of them. Well, in, no, in real time, it was my sister's birthday yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so we went over to celebrate. So Shane got the big party box. And it is a uh, frequent, it, when I'm thinking about, the, like the truth when i'm thinking about the extended <laughs> about the truth it really does break my heart for you from me like bad me uh because you do once a week like say like have you seen the crumble flavors did you try them are they worth it which one's worth it should i try it like that's something you frequently ask me well it's because in la it's either like i pay in time spent to go get them or i pay extra for a delivery Mm -hmm. and it's like is it worth that or are these gonna sit and rot on my counter and last week's mm, Totally worth it. Everyone was 10 out of 10. Damn. Home run. I feel like you this just didn't even respond to my text were, when I asked you last week. <laughs> this week's were... Mm, I, I wouldn't... Uh, none See, of them were great you, to me. We have reverse taste in them. Because I love that animal cracker cookie. Every time that Lizzie likes one, Shane and I hate it. Yeah, we're... T- polar, except for <laughs> Shane and I on the sugar cookie. Yeah. If there's anything remotely sugar cookie about one, I text Shane and I'm like, listen, you should probably try this one. <laughs> So that's like my, the extent of my relationship with Shane to some degree. <laughs> Have you tried this crumble cookie? Will you read my script? <laughs> Can I steal this shit and from you? So Thank you. We can't have them around the house because we like to get them once a week to try the flavors and then like either send them to my family or get rid of them. But we can't bring them back home because then we're just going to end up eating them because yeah. they're and all And it good. makes me sick. It makes me sick too. And that's the thing is every time I eat with Lizzie, she eats to a point where she tells me how sick she is for three hours afterwards. Yeah, sorry. And so <laughs> I just thought, even because my mom goes, you should take each flavor for Lizzie. And I was like, she's going to eat all of them and then she's going to be sick and then she's not going to be able to perform on the podcast. And I told Lizzie that verbatim and I just watched her heartbreak. <laughs> I was devastated. Just but it was rude. I should have got I, well, them. Just that I was thought of. And it doesn't matter because I'm already sick to my stomach right now and I couldn't even tell you why. Well, we went and got fried pickles for lunch. Yeah, but I, I literally, from the beginning of my day to now, I have made a very conscious effort to not fuck with any gluten because I'm sick of it. And it did say the fried pickles were gluten-free and vegan. Which is so Suspicious. sus, right? Like so <laughs> sus. Is all the sauce gluten-free? Because when we left there, I showed you my belly. She did in it's, public. It's You're wild in public. <laughs> wild. No, I'm not. <laughs> I bet there's videos. We could probably search your name on TikTok and find videos of God. you screaming obscenities in Do public. Do you know how, like, how much I would love that if you could find that of me? <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> and um, that brings us to a good segue. Well, I just wanted to say, when you, you just told me you were perplexed about not being able to find your Uber charge. And so today she was like trying to pay for half the lunch. And I was like, oh, it's fine. And she's like, oh, no, I will. And I said... <laughs> Just minus it from your Uber and I'll, I'll, so it's just one transaction. And she goes, 
And I was like, okay, just pay for lunch and I'll pay for the <laughs> I figured out how to Venmo you for the lunch. I sent you lunch money. I know, I just thought it was funny. Like, you know the no, editing don't, where it's don't like... Ask, yeah, don't ask me how to do math. It's literally this. <laughs> okay, now into your segue. I'm sorry. What I did was not worth taking over the segue. No, I, th- I do think it's funny, but it's one of those moments that's like better in person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Most of our things are. <laughs> Which is you why guys- we're making a movie! Our podcast is so great. We're better in person. <laughs> Everything's better in person. All right. Um, hit up. Well, hold on. Let me see. Anything else? Okay, this is fine. We can come back for the other things because it is just such an appropriate segue. Right. So I was, um, and in in this last vlog, I was at a bachelorette party in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we go to Costco at first. And none of us really know each other. And I have a hole in my heart. And sometimes it's filled by being an asshole. And one of the assholey things. (laughs) I was like. (laughs) It's like you know. Because I say this to you all the time. And it's like honestly I am joking. But I'm also not joking. Like I'm a little joking. But it's like I'm not joking. About what? If I don't. Like I'll I'll say sometimes to someone like quietly. Like if I do not get recognized. I'm going to fucking leave. What? Do you guys want anything from Starbucks? No, thank no, you. No, I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's the bow out. <laughs> um, so I'll say that and I'll be joking. And then if it does end up happening, I feel really awkward and bad. Because I, I feel really awkward and nervous and weird because I'm we, I'm a broken person. I don't know what you want from <laughs> she me. She has a hole. We've established. We have a, I have a hole. I have a hole. And it can't be filled with recognition. Um. Or can it? No, it can't. But I was like, in, like I was joking with Joe the whole time. Like I better get recognized in front of these bitches. Like, oh, for nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm just being psychotic. You know, if you're here, you know I'm out of my fucking mind. And so I'd been saying that the whole time, and like just being absurd. And then in Costco, it's like, what happens to you in public? It was wild. Someone screamed my name, and I just turned and looked, thinking it was one of the girls because I was alone. We had all dispersed and gone about the Costco to get the shit that we wanted. So I was by myself and I hear someone shout, Lizzie. And so I look thinking it's one of the girls and someone goes, I was right. That's Lizzie from the SIP. And I went, I've been recognized. And when we walked into the Costco, like as a group of bitches, I was like, I just hope I don't get recognized here. Like was joking. And then it happened and I was alone and I was like, do I tell them? (laughs) Oh, it cut out. Today's podcast is sponsored by Calm. And you know how it goes. Your day is filled with all those to-dos, laundry, emails, errands, cooking dinner, and before you know it, you're preparing to do it all again tomorrow. When is there ever time to focus on what you need? With Calm, you can prioritize your most important to-do, which is taking time for yourself each day. This is why I love partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app that gives you the tools to improve the way you feel. Because I found when I neglect to take care of myself, everything else around me crumbles. And I love that with Calm, you can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve your focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com sip, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription where new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, and Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. For our listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash sip. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash sip for 40% 
20% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash sip. One take two. Um, You've gotten a response to your tip pick? No, I just sent the tip pick. Joe was responding to last week's vlog. Anyways. <laughs> oh, okay. Joe watches. Like, Joe's like the biggest supporter of my vlog. Never seen the podcast, but... Well, he's seen an episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough for him. I did ruin it. <laughs> I ruined our chances with Joe. So anyways, I like... I My first thought was, do I tell them? Like, do I tell them? <laughs> I tell the girls I've been recognized. In my mind, I can env- envision you being like, "Can you do that one more time when all my friends come?" You know I've done that, right? Mr. Bubs got recognized at a museum one time, and this guy goes, "Your dog looks a lot like Mr. Bubs." I go, "He is Mr. Bubs," and he went, "Oh my god, that's mm. awesome!" And then I went, "This is gonna sound crazy. Um, <laughs> would you be willing to do that again, but let me film it?" <laughs> what i was like well see i do this thing where i call it vlogging and i was just wondering if you could just say exactly the beats that you just said again as if it were your first time but do it while i'm filming and he let me and it's in one of my vlogs but yes i do do that Hmm. Joe said it doesn't count if you have to tell people it happened and then I told them but they thought I was doing a bit and so it was all just super demoralizing and then I just wound up texting Joe and I was like well I did tell them and they think I'm joking and I'm not joking and so it just looks extra bad (laughs) there's no recovering from this like I'm just such a fucking asshole and I can't stop it's like once I start going down the hill of being an asshole it's like I gain oh yeah you know you know you're all here we all know I don't mean any of it, which is why I can laugh. And then sometimes I catch someone who like doesn't know I'm joking, and I'm like, oh, this makes me want to. Yeah, die. if I didn't know you, I wouldn't know half the time. That's why really? I can't go through like a line ordering food situation <laughs> with Chipotle, sweet greens. I would never Nothing go to Chipotle, Chipotle anyways. Okay, it's trash. It's disgusting. It makes me sick. I can't do the meat from like any of those places, especially the chicken because they're all thighs, and the thighs makes me really think about the chicken. And then like it's I'm a vegetarian a if I think and about it's it. Fucking sick! I don't trust chicken. Quite frankly, it makes me like ugh, like I don't like it. But I did eat all the chicken on the salad today because I was worried I'd get hungry when I got to the airport. It was a delicious salad. I just threw up in my mouth. Okay. Um. So in the last episode, mm-hmm. I don't know how we got to wiki pages. I don't remember either. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. If you missed it. Oh, you thought I was saying someone said nasty shit on your wiki page. Yes, because <laughs> you targeted it at me. No, I just, I speak about like the proverbial you. Mm. Okay. You know, as in one. So we thought, do we even have that? I'm sure you do. I thought it could be fun to Google live. I'm using my phone as something. We can use my phone, but I just want to be very clear. I don't have high hopes for having a wiki page and it is already devastating to the point where like my ears are ringing and I feel bad about myself. What did he say to your tit pic? I said, took this for you. He said the sexiest. Wow. He said, loved your grateful model. Your grateful montage. Oh, that is cute. (laughs) He goes, I said, I live for you. Anyways. All right. Do I have a wiki? What are you looking at? The Glee Project alums call out traumatic treatment and boot camp-like conditions. We were children. Wow. Yeah, sad. Where are they now? I don't want to know. <laughs> Is that too far? <laughs> Ryland Adams. What's going to come up? Oh, you're just going to Google? Yeah. Okay. Is this Wikipedia? I don't know. Should I just go to Wikipedia? Google Ryland Adams Wikipedia. <gasps> you have one? I knew it. 
I knew it. I'm not even shocked. Is I it really it. long? Is it worth reading? Should you read it? Oh my it God, it's really me? you too. It's really me? Yeah. Isn't, okay, how does Wikipedia work? Can you give me a lesson in People how this... put you, oh! <gasps> what? You're in it. I'm on your Wikipedia page! Oh my God! It's so exciting! <laughs> Do you have a clickable link? No, like, the same I don't have a clickable <laughs> link. I fucking quit. I'm walking off this show. If you motherfuckers don't make me a clickable link sometime soon, I swear to God, I will relapse. Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't mean that. I don't mean that at all. I'm joking. It's dark. It's dark here. We're doing dark things. <laughs> Dark girl things. Do you want to know about it? Fuck, I'm not clickable. That's the end of this segment. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Just read me the highlights. Known profession Ryan Adams, born May 14th, 1991, known professionally as Ryland Adams, mm. is an American YouTuber. Mm. In 2014, he became an on-air host and producer for Clever, an online pop culture media company. Boring, boring, boring. Is it? Yeah, all this is boring. Well, I think it shows that you're a self-starter. <laughs> Adams entered into a relationship with fellow YouTuber and also clickable Shane Dawson in 2016. As of February, his videos... Oh, dark. Okay. That's dark. What? As of February 2019, his videos averaged 3.8 million views. What is dark about that? That now it's nowhere close to that. Oh. Uh, is that dark? That You're, you have video. huge numbers. Um, okay, born... Oh, it says I was born in Denver, Colorado. Hot fact, I was born in Utah. Utah, you don't even know him. They have my education right. <clears throat> mhm mm mhm mm mhm mm mhm wow all right who's that oh that's somebody that worked at clever why is she clickable and i'm not how do they know my creator awards that's interesting that's public oh okay pretty boring honestly are you there no let me see i'm not clickable we already know why are you playing weird games right now pretending like i might come up do you mean oh it just shows where you're mentioned which is in mine <laughs> You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I will make it about me if I can. <laughs> okay. What well, did they say about me and yours? Did, Adams uh, announced and released his first episode of the podcast The Sip alongside his co-host Lizzie Gordon. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you want to talk about the Woodstock show before we get into advice? Did you want to see the one wiki I am on? Mm. I am on a wiki page. Oh, feet? No. What? But I'm on that too. I'm on a wiki page called Awful Movie Wiki. No. <laughs> yes, I am. And is, was it a movie you wrote? It's a movie I wrote, produced, and starred in that Joe directed. And it just talks about how bad the movie is? Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's nice being on a page, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I was talking a few episodes back about how toxic it is when people thrive even on negative attention? No. <laughs> when did you say that? <laughs> What was the point of I'm it? I'm like, they're blinded by the attention that even if it's <gasps> negative, it's fine. What? I'm not on Awful Movie Wiki. The movie is. And so I'm basically just a byproduct of the movie. The writer and the star isn't even a part? No. Wow. God, that's upsetting. Moving on. The film stars Lizzie Gordon, who's also the writer. Is that it? Why it sucks. <laughs> 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 the trivia question is Lizzie Gordon. My name is spelled wrong. L I Z Z I E Gordon. Who plays? Why, why does it suck? You can't just skip over the hottest part. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of points. <laughs> oh, there's 13 points to why this movie there's sucks. There's 13 reasons why. Um, what's the movie called so everyone can watch it? I don't want them to watch it. No. Can I tell you why I don't want well, people to oh, watch it? Sorry. Because I was financially abused in the making of this film. The production company that made it didn't pay me appropriately and they never paid Joe what he was owed and agreed to. 
And on top of that, they make money every time you watch it legally. So if you are going to watch this dumpster fire piece of shit awful movie, steal it or you're paying my abuser. I'm not laughing at the paying your abuser. I'm laughing that you're <laughs> telling people to steal something. Steal it. <laughs> but that- also, like, just don't even watch it. It's such a flaming piece of shit. It's hard to watch. Like, the producer who made it prize on the passion and dreams of young people in Los Angeles trying to make their way in this right. world. And he will take hundreds of thousands of dollars from investors who are also actors who think that they're going to be in a movie that's going to launch their career. But then he steals that money for himself to pay for drugs mm. and alcohol and prostitutes. And that makes a really low budget shitty movie. Makes a really low budget shitty movie and then pays back the investors once they sell with, oh. which they don't sell for much but they do sell for a little bit. And uh, he pays them back with the money from the next project. So it's like a Ponzi scheme where he's constantly scamming people and continues to work. But he worked himself out of L.A. I think he's in Chicago now. Whoa. Yeah. Anyways, steal the fucking movie. Don't pay for it. It will never not surprise me the links that cons can go. Also, this is like an genres. This is an exhausting con. Like there are better ways to steal money. Mm. This guy's teeth are rotting out of his head and his pants are constantly covered in pee-pee doesn't matter like he's working himself to the bone not making good movies and honestly like working pretty hard if he is like on a lot of drugs working really hard for being a person who's trying to be a thief but the trivia part lizzie gordon spelled wrong who plays the protagonist ashley and is the film's writer is the goddaughter of academy award-winning actress helen hunt (laughs) i mean you're climbing your way there i think it's so funny i think it's so funny anyways Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. What did you have about Woodstock? It's Woodstock 1999. My brother was talking about this last night. So he watched the documentary. Yeah. I have not yet dabbled. Should we wait until we've both seen it or do you want to enlighten me? I mean, me? we can, but by the time okay. you do, enlighten it'll me. have been five years. Yeah. And I won't remember it if I don't talk about it the week I watched yeah, I it. Yeah. I mean, I, I also texted you multiple times and was like, watch the Victoria's Secret documentary. And I Hulu, tried and to recall like, Go fuck yourself. And that's why we watch those things. So <laughs> I tried. I was right where you're sitting, and five minutes in, I, and then I was like, "Guess it wasn't." <laughs> I honestly did the same, which is why I never brought it up again. But the Woodstock documentary um, stayed awake during Woodstock. Well, they, it's a great, it's a really well edited piece. Honestly, it kind of reminded me a little bit of how like good Shane is at at, at evoking uh, emotions from a person watching one of his series. Mm-hmm. This thing was really good at keeping you uh, like in it. Like I was editing while I was watching it and I kept finding myself getting lost in it and I had headphones on, you know what right. I mean? Like, so I kept getting lost in it and, um, it was just so interesting to listen to the perspective of the people who threw it because it was a monster shit show. And also I remember Woodstock 99 constantly being like the punchline of jokes i don't know much about it at all so the original woodstock was like a free love peace whatever movement music festival a la coachella but like of their time nitty gritty dirty people were camping out forever so many people showed up it was like worse than TanaCon. like i'm just saying it in relatable terms for you (laughs) right no thank you so it's and it's like raining and there's like mudslides and it's fucking gross but like you know jimmy hendrix is wailing on the guitar and And it's like a whole fucking yeah it's a whole fucking moment of a collective group of people of the time doing something that nobody thought you could ever fucking do and it was gnarly so in 99 a few people want to recreate it and the first thing that they do wrong is they 
capitalize the food and beverage part of it. So already it's like a mainstream sellout thing when they're they have all these bands coming in like corn and limp biscuit, which is like, you know, let's rage against the machine type of shit. So they're using the marketing of what was this amazing one of a kind event. And, and some of the people behind that, like that behind this movement were of the original Woodstock. Right. And so it's like the same emotions to it, but it's like no matter what, like in Fire Festival, which I still pronounce as Fryer Festival because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's a huge investment and you need to pay back your investors. Yeah. So they're like, oh, the way that we'll do that is by charging people for food and water. So initially, like instantly Coca-Cola became the people behind it. Wow. Which is a major sellout move for a in, like a vibe like that. The second thing that was mm. fucking wild is the people that could afford these tickets and who were down to come to this show were like dudes in college in 1999 it's a whole fucking different elk like they're a different kind of guy like kid rock right. is their god mm. and I, it's like i get that because kid rock is my god too the difference is i'm not safe in that crowd in 1999 which was shown in this documentary where all these women who are like showing their tits and shit are getting horribly groped while they're thrown through the the you know like how you can crowd surf mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like a fun fucking empowering thing yeah. these women felt so empowered on the first day of the festival that they were walking around naked fearlessly which i think wow. is great that's fucking awesome at a co-ed event to have that kind of comfort that to have that kind of free like vibe whatever and then to have that go so darkly and twistedly south the like cheryl crow was performing and everyone just kept screaming at her show your tits and it's like, I've been known to scream, show your tits, but it's like, it's a facetious thing. I don't need it. Yeah. I don't mean it. And I'm saying it because of how horrific it was back, whatever. So that's horrible. Then it goes from bad to worse. Nobody could afford food or water because it was so expensive. So they're all getting really fucking irritated the whole weekend. And they're just on drugs and drunk and have no water to drink except for the free public water, <laughs> which by day two had become infested with feces. Yuck. So by day three, motherfuckers were getting trench mouth. Did they have footage from yeah. the time? Oh, wow. It's 1999. Okay. <laughs> Did we have cell phones then? It was covered by MTV. Oh, wow. MTV had correspondence there. Like, what's his name from live? TRL. Oh, Carson Daly. Carson Daly mm -hmm. was covering it. And it's fucking wild. These people were like, the next day my throat hurt. I couldn't swallow. I had huge sores <sighs> all over my mouth. That's trench mouth. It's fucking sick. So the other thing is like, you know, corn, you know, corn's heavy. Mm -hmm. Like they go, they go hard. Like James had corn on in the car the other day and I had to like stop him. I was like, it's too much. I was like, it is nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> what's going on and what the fuck is this because it's like i've heard mainstream corn but i've never heard like deep corn and mm -hmm. i didn't know i don't how think deep... i have dude actually when we're done with this i'm gonna have to play you the song because the fact that it was out of the car i was like this has to be something like super underground because it's so fucking gnarly it's so fucking gnarly <laughs> anyways corn comes on and the crowd goes fucking ape shit and it's like violent and crazy and like people are like beating the fuck out of each other in the mosh pits and like screaming like gnarly security guards were like it was weird like at one point everybody would be here and then in the blink of an eye they'd move six feet as a communal group of like 250,000 people like that's how hard the, cr the crowd was going wow. and um you know it just escalates off that and turns into this horrible fucked up thing there was a rave room where like dj fat slim <laughs> don't look at me for facts fat slim so where does this live it lives on netflix but it gets so fucking gnarly to the point where on the last night red hot chili peppers are playing a song which is um god they they did it in wayne's world too i can't remember but cassandra does a cover of this Jimi hendrix song about and there's the word fire in it stand stand next to my fire 
It's nothing like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I don't think it's come on maybe light my fire either. Um, I'll think of it the second we stop recording and it's so unimportant to the rest of the story. Okay, the, point, the point being there was fire and it was Jimmy Hunt. Okay. These people were all given lit candles as a unifying sort of tribute to gun violence and that was not cleared by the fire marshal. But then all these people, when this Jimi Hendrix song comes on, starts lighting fires in trash cans that turn into huge, huge out of control fires. And the firemen were like, we're not going in there. These people have been batshit crazy for three days. They're starving. They're on drugs. They're thirsty. They've got trench mouth. I'm not going in there to fight that fire with 250,000 maniacs, which mm. I get. And so what happened? It burned up propane tanks exploded how many people died honestly i'm not sure any died whoa but that's a great question and are you finished with it? is it a series is it a movie is it a documentary it's a documentary series so how many episodes i don't know wow. it was on all day though <laughs> <laughs> this is like i was doing other things because do you ever watch tv undistracted yeah when it's shit i care about emily in paris hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> not kidding how sad is that I hate watch it with every fiber of my being. See, that's what Uncoupled was for me with Neil Patrick Harris. It, this is so fucking funny. A 44-year-old man with a pre-existing heart condition. Was the only man that passed away? Maybe. Netflix new three-part documentary series Trainwreck Woodstock 1999 remembers the chaos that ensued at the attempted revival of the 69 Woodstock Music Festival. Instead of the, the festival's original promise of peace and love, the 99 rendition resulted in riots, arson, and death. Nearly 400,000 people attended. Whoa. Which was just about 100 miles uh, from the original site. Limp Biscuit was there. Dude, honestly, this, one of the most f like sort of like em emotionally engaging things of this documentary series for me was the nostalgia for these bands. Right. Because I love that shit. Like there's nothing that I love more than a fucking angry, fucking screaming like, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. It's toxic. So that was fun. Because I... I if I had been a man at the time, I would have had a great time at Woodstock. <laughs> I would have had a really fucking good time. Woodstock 99. But then when I brought it up to Joe and James, who were of age to be there at that time, they were like, even then it seemed like a weird, stupid sellout thing like that nobody really wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. So the vibe of the documentary series seemed off to them. I can't speak to it because I was nine, but <laughs> it's the way he leads through the background. <laughs> All right, let's get into some advice, though. Are you sure it's time? Yeah. Okay. You should go for it. I've read so much today. Uh, what have you been reading? I read our wiki. Is your flight delayed? I'm terrified that it might be. I don't know how to check my updates, though. <laughs> your gate has changed. Oh, all right. Hi, girlies. I'm a 24-year-old that still lives with her parents. I've been in my first local relationship for about nine months, and he's honestly been the best and most respectful person. The problem is the relationship with my parents. They're very religious and have now, and have now given me several talks about not having sex and to be cautious about the type of things I wear, like shorts. I find it a bit extreme on their part, especially because they've recently prohibited me from going to his house as we'd be a 
alone and it could be a moment of quote weakness they claim to be supportive of our relationship but have talked shit since we started dating all because he's not religious luckily my boyfriend has been very patient with my parents but it hurts to feel like they won't have a positive relationship if me and him are going for the long term I've always had to choose between my happiness versus making my parents happy. And this has all been very frustrating. Hope this made sense. Any advice really helps. Love you guys. I wish that her parents' happiness was uh, a product of hers. Yes. And I'm not a parent. So I don't know how hard that would be if my all of my core beliefs felt misrepresented in my child's choice Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day I do feel it's necessary to find a way to take yourself out of your child's happiness Mm -hmm. but that doesn't help her that's advice for her parents yeah do you have their number do you want to send us their number (laughs) I'm happy to give them a call I'm on a weird like power trip right now and I would love to just be like listen guys like I love that you have this love for your religion and your daughter and you want the best for her but sometimes what's best for her is is you actually wanting what's best for her Yeah. I mean, religion, sexuality, a lot of those things, even if you have expectations of your kid being a football player, a Mm -hmm. baseball player, and they have interest in arts or drama or swimming, it, I did always, um, well, now I really applaud my parents for encouraging me in whatever direction I wanted. Like I did gymnastics for a long time yeah. to the point where I was about to do traveling, like go on, be on the team that travels. And my dad was always like, yeah, go for it. This is great. He'd go to practice. He'd drop me off at practice. Never questioned like how fucking gay that was. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's not that gay. <laughs> No, I know they're straight gymnasts. I'm just saying it for myself, you know. But uh, I mean, I think that will be very challenging as a parent as mm. we come into age. If of what my we're daughter about to brings be. home a dick wiggler, it's going to be hard. <laughs> See, we all have our things. It's going to be hard. I don't even care if he's more rich and famous and successful than I will ever even dream to be. You don't care if he's offering to buy you a house. If it's little honey, I'm going to be like, hey, please don't touch her. <laughs> so as the child, well, as this woman that's yeah. writing in, not child, child of her parents, yeah. what advice do you have for her, though? The bummer is my advice is to be what they are struggling to be. It's to exemplify. how It's the golden rule. You treat how, others how you want to be treated regardless of how they treat you. Mm-hmm. You... It, And it's hard. Like, I'm literally telling you this as a person who's not in your position. So it's really fucking easy for me to say this. But from if I were, I would hope that if I were in your position, I would have patience and understanding and love for them because it sounds like you do love them because you're willing to sacrifice your own happiness for theirs. And that's a huge thing for someone to do. So I have to assume you love them. So continuing to love them, have understanding for their religious perspective and patience while you treat yourself with the same love and respect for what brings you happiness mom and dad I love you and I love my boyfriend they don't have to coexist and their their religious persecution does not have to be your business and I understand that it's nearly impossible to divorce the two while living in the house and Mm -hmm. hearing what they're saying but it's just like what I was trying to tell you at lunch 
Like if there's not something I can do to rectify the situation with two words, it means I'm trying to control something that is out of my control forever. Right. I cannot control people, places, or things. And sometimes, like you were saying, we were talking about it in regards to fighting with anyone. Mm -hmm. And you were saying, well, some things just need to be let go, to let go of some things and move on. And I was like... I don't know if that's true because like what if I'm not done being angry about the thing that I'm holding on to and you were like not valid and I, I was like well I think it depends on the circumstance. I also think that's a deeply masculine character. Why? Why? Because <laughs> I've heard a lot of men say that and I've noticed because I'm a fighter so I fight with a lot of people and I've noticed that more often than not when I'm fighting with a man he cares about the specific details of the argument as opposed to the overarching umbrella theme issue which is most commonly boiled down to I'm hurt you're hurt we're hurting each other and that and you can simplify it like that but it's like I do think like, like bringing how, up an old wound over time constantly and always going back mm -hmm. to that isn't going to help you so I agree like creating a solution for the overarching mm -hmm. problem is the best way to go but if you're not there yet it's hard to close that chapter if you're still being hurt in the same way I totally get it I'm not sure if this is a perfect analogy but it's like if I shoot you with the gun there's a couple of problems right specifically there's a hole in you <laughs> But in order to fix that hole in you, we really got to focus on me just like stopping shooting you. Right. Because we can, uh, you know, we can deal with this hole in you and I can shoot you again and you're going to have an, a new hole. Do you see what I'm saying? So the specifics of the holes are less important. And the more important thing is Stop the, the pattern of me shooting you. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And that's all. That's my. That's my. Only. And I guess it, to me, it depends on the gravity of the situation. Like if you were cheated on, that seems like. Oh, that's that's something yes. you can so end with two words. There, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> okay, back to you. Okay. I know you're 24. <laughs> it would be the <laughs> worst, dude. I'm so sorry. Fuck that shit, though. Honestly, I know that it sucks ass. I'm <laughs> 24, living with your parents. You know what? I think it, if you are financially capable, I think it might be best for you to start your own journey. Yeah. Even if it's very, even if it's only a mile from your parents, having your own space to create your own life because 24 is not a child. And I think ideally you come together with your parents because obviously it sounds like you love them. And the idea is that everyone gathers and has a wonderful time mm -hmm. because there's nothing better than having your parents get along well with your significant other but I think if you kind of detached a little bit from the daily stresses of feeling the weight of their religion on your life that might be a good solution for now there's also I don't know if this pertains to you because you didn't specifically say your this is your problem but later in life I learned about this world or later in my young life I learned about the word enmeshment where you can become as a child enmeshed with your parent which means that your feelings are seemingly predicated upon your parents' feelings. And because of that, you become sort of codependently enmeshed in your parental relationship. And it has sort of an emotionally stunting effect on a person. It keeps you like a child mindfully for too long and a subordinate, a subordinate for too long. So it's really important that you... Um, find the mindfulness to deconnect your cord from them so that you can be Discover your own person yourself. and evolve into your own adulthood and you can have all that and still love them yeah and i think 
constantly over time, if you show them that you're in a loving relationship, they're going to come to terms with, oh, maybe he's not the same religion that we had hoped for, but he's giving my daughter everything emotionally and like he is a good man. I think over time they will come to terms with what actually is. And, so. if, and if they never do, I and if he's the one and you're with him forever, I strongly encourage you to um, come uh, to find a way to protect your joy in your space mentally without needing to control your parents because you cannot do that. Mm. You cannot change your parents' minds. You cannot do anything that and it, and they may change on on of their own will and volition. Nothing you do is going to change that. So if I were you, I would focus your time and energy mentally on accepting them as they are and embracing and celebrating your individuality and your relationship with this guy who's good to you. Amen. Okay, we got an update from a previous submission. Woo! Update, hey there, not sure if anyone does updates for Am I the Asshole? So I'm the gal that wrote in about two or three months ago regarding my wicked sisters and them selling my mother's house after she oh, passed I'm away. Oh, I'm so glad you reached out. So I took your advice, thank you, and I asked my sisters for a meeting. They refused and sent a sheriff to my house one week later to kick me out. They gave me 30 days notice and then changed the locks on the doors after I moved out. So I will not be buying the house for sure now. I decided Lizzie is right. They are wicked sisters and I have said fuck it. I found a new place <sighs> to rent. I said a heart-wrenching goodbye to my dogs and moved out a couple of days ago. Since I felt like I was on a roll with getting toxic people out of my life, I decided to end my seven-year relationship. He was toxic as fuck too. I made the decision to fuck them all. I chose me. Maybe I can mourn properly and heal my mind and heart. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much your advice helped. And then, sorry, Uno's barking. I'm crying. She says, P.S. I'm a bit lonely. Uh, maybe a hamster named Sippy. Oh, I just realized Sippy's because of our Sip show. Yeah. That's beautiful. Dude, I'm so sorry. Fuck all of that. Fuck all of that so hard. And I'm proud of you. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the strength it took for you to be able to stand up for yourself. And thank you for writing back and giving us the update. I do think within your new life, you're going to find blessings that you had never expected. Because yeah. in ways of having and being able to keep that house, you would have fond memories and um, be in a space you're familiar with. I do think going to a new space, creating a new environment for yourself and starting over is going to bring you things that you never expected. Yeah. And I, I got to say, like, I got chills all over my body and my eyes filled with tears and I'm fucking sorry. Mm. I'm hella proud of you because I know that's really hard. I've been blessed in the past where the people that I don't want in my life, when they get a sense of me building a self-esteem and a boundary, it's like they respond like a vampire to garlic and they fizzle off on their own. So I've never had to have the courage to be like, fuck off. But it's... Uh, Especially when it's your sisters and your relationship yeah. of a long time. Yo, send us pictures of the hamster. <laughs> Honestly, so cute. I love that. They're great pets. I'm wishing you the best, though, and I hope uh, your new life is filled with everything you've imagined, even if it hurts right now. Yeah. I think building something new and that is completely you and discovering who you without all of these things 
R will be incredible. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know how like grocery stores have to do an inventory and throw away rotten shit? Mm -hmm. You took an inventory, you threw away the rotten shit, your shelves are clear right now for some good ass stuff. And I'm excited for your next chapter that comes after this period of grieving because I know that that's really fucking hard. And I uh, can tell you that there are glimpses, like, because I'm sad as fuck. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, don't do it. Like, stay. Like, hold on to everything like a tornado's coming. Like, you can control the tornado. But it's like, to be completely honest, like, there are glimmers of, like, me having a feeling of, like, oh, today's beautiful. Oh, I love my life. Granted, immediately after I have that thought, I, I get back into my, like, morning thoughts. But it's just to even have that hope of that and then to find a way to find the balance of grief and new at the mm -hmm. same time, I think will come. And it will, it might be a slow build. It might be really hard yeah. for a while. And but have patience. I think it's going to be ultimately worth it. And I think looking back in a couple of years, you're not going to imagine what your life would have been like mm -mm. had you been in the same yeah. space had that you, you always were. Had you continued to waste your time with rotten food. Mm. Also, I'm going to pitch that you get a ginger hamster. <laughs> and sure I, it is about me. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I didn't announce my babies. Oh. Since we last spoke, I have had two more babies and all of my girls are in this world now. All your everyone that was pregnant has popped them out. Mm -hmm. How many are there now? There's uh, gosh, I don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say all their names. Oh, there's uh, Millie, Lily, <laughs> <laughs> Cody and Ellie. Okay, four. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't oh, no, like none and of these. Hayden, I one boy, Hayden. You're, it's kind of like you sending me like seven pictures a day of your dog. I think everyone's happy for everyone to have a baby, but the people that like don't know any of these people, I don't know that they. I have to tell are you guys, super emotionally attached. These these human babies are like the French bulldogs of humans. Like they are so goddamn cute and perfect. What? Everyone thinks their babies are perfect. No, these are my babies. They're adorable, though. Like, they're honestly so fucking cute. Look at the one boy, Hayden, is my friend Cynthia's kid. And he's barely even a larva pup. But that dude smiles and listens. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And Mills was born with a head full of hair. Her real name is Milani, but I'm calling her Mills. I'm playing with Millie, but I think Mills is good. Like, Mills and Lils. You know what I'm saying? All right, last one before we go. <laughs> Hello, Ryland and Lizzie and Chris. I'm 31 and I've been with my boyfriend for 11 years. We live together and I love him so much, but a problem that I've had a lot is that I always catch him looking at other girls while we're out together. I told him how much it kills me and he has had and he has made it less obvious when it when he looks, but I still catch him doing it. He claims he never looks. I just want to know if I have a right to feel upset. Should I not care? Do I confront him again when he's doing it? I'm a cancer, so am I just being too sensitive? I hope you guys can help me out. Gosh, I don't know if he's really doing that. That's really upsetting. Yeah, I think I would feel... Uh, I, yeah, it's hard not to feel offended by that, especially if you're experiencing it in real time. I was trying to relate it to porn, but it's, it's like different. a real-life scenario that you're witnessing in real time of a person that's tangible yeah, rather than like somebody me, behind different. a screen. I wonder how much is it's hard to know like I guess in your gut you know what is him checking out another person rather than just like casually looking at people that are going by yeah I um I don't know like I was talking about this with my friend Sarah because I'm particularly like nope you know what I mean in regards to what I was trying to tell Sarah that if I had been 
uh, I, I would not be a person. I would not be comfortable at all being touched by one of the male dancers at Thunder Down Under. Oh, I would be very upset about it. I would feel like it was cheating and not cool. Mm-hmm. And that's at a dance show. Yeah. Um, and she said, you know, other people have different relationships. And, um, you know, she, there are some people who uh, have the security within their relationship to be polyamorous. There are people who have the comp- like the kind of relationship where they can say to each other, like, I have a crush on this person at work and I want to fuck them. I, you know, I have friends mm-hmm. who have rules about their open relationship where they're allowed to step out and sleep with whoever they want as long as it doesn't come home, like things like yeah. that. And it's just, that is not me. A lot of gay guys I know will even like go to restaurants or bars and talk about all the hot guys they saw there together and be like, oh, that restaurant always attracts hot guys. And I'm like, if I ever heard Shane talking like that, it would really make my stomach turn. Yeah. And that's not like what I'm looking to do with him. Like, I don't want to go out to a restaurant and look at the I can't like that's yeah. just not for me. And it sounds like it's not for you either. I think the root of it is maybe asking yourself and him how much of it is real and what he's and what is the depth of the check because i feel as though that would make me insecure in my relationship and maybe about myself a little bit too because you immediately go to the thought process of oh well if he thinks that's attractive and i don't look like that does he not think i'm attractive and is he thinking about cheating on me which is obviously a similar thought process to what you're having and and that's why i mean like what is the depth of the checkout is he just does he appreciate human figure or is it he's actually shopping i think you have to have it sounds like you've already confronted him because you said you have but i think you need to have an in-depth conversation about it with him and tell him how it's affecting you Mm -hmm. or tell him what your deep-rooted fears about him checking out other women are is it that you feel like he's going to cheat on you or that you're not attractive or that he has a different type than you and why does he feel the need to have to do it i mean because if he's doing it in front of her then is he doing it all the time yeah and i fucking hate it i hate it i also don't like that he's like i'll try hide it from you how about just don't fucking do that my guy the fuck i hate it it feels like i hate him can't if you can't reason with him through conversation to me it feels like a deal breaker i don't even feel like it's worth reasoning is that fucked i don't feel like it's worth reasoning if it's bothering you it's bothering you and it's not okay and i don't want him to hide it from you i want him to never have done it and he's done it and it kind of feels like he's gonna keep doing it is what he's saying but hide it and all of that just makes me think, like, sayonara, sucker. He's, she, they've been together for 11 years. Yeah, sayonara, sucker. Well, you know, it's not that easy to say goodbye to an 11-year relationship. But, yeah, but maybe it is time it. to take inventory of the positives and negatives in your relationship. Okay, then you guys have been together since you're 21. I mean, crazier things or have 20. happened. And yeah, I get that. Sayonara, sucker. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve to have to ask him to hide his checkouts. I agree. And I would also do a check-in with yourself of like what excites you about the relationship? What does he do that does fulfill you? And is this the very only thing that upsets you? Are you there because you're comfortable and you're afraid of change? Or are you there because you love him and life is worth being with him? If you're there because it's easier to stay than go, get gone. I agree. And if it really is isolated to this, I would have a deep heart to heart with him talking about how it affects you and asking him to stop his behavior because I don't think it's right, quite honestly. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't like what you hear from him, (laughs) get a fucking ginger hamster 
I name it Lizzie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I hope we helped. And <laughs> thank you guys all for watching and enjoying and supporting our podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're at The Sip Official. Lizzie also has a vlog channel where she uploads every Tuesday. I, I have a vlog channel as well. We love you so much. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. And, and that's, that's The, the Sip. sip. Ah.